most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 18 Fantasy Flex Main Slate Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, fantasy season's over. How you feeling, man? Uh, pretty good. Uh, took home the title in a couple of my important leagues. Um, clinched it on A.J. Dillon, his second touchdown, so that was fun. Yeah, I've been waiting for A.J. Dillon to break out for two years now, so it was nice to, to win the championship on his legs, his massive legs. Um, did really good in props, 7-3 and three in props. Even took a stab at uh, projecting some college football projections and went four and one on those props. So feeling good heading into week 18. Like I said yesterday, this is my favorite week. It's like a mixture of preseason and playoff football all in once. Um, so going to be an exciting week when it comes to prop betting, but uh, how are you doing? How, how is your um, fancy football regular season? It was pretty good. I uh, yeah. won a couple of championships, lost a couple, uh, one to Mike Randall yeah. in our league. Um, did pretty good in best ball. So it was, it was a good year. Um, feeling good. Pretty entertaining week seventeen too. I must say. I mean, <laughs> what was your favorite moment? Was it? I had to be Antonio. Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, not like just the whole end of that game because, like, not just Antonio Brown doing what he did, but then the, the the Bucks, of course, coming back. Just Tom Brady, you know, calmly driving down the field, and I think even the commentators were like, "Can could Brady do it with just like no timeouts and fifty nine seconds?" It was like long throw, long throw, long throw, touchdown. Like, okay, of course he did. Of course he can. <laughs> I was sweating. I had I had Mike Evans under 50 and a half receiving yards, and he was stuck on 47 uh, for like the entire fourth quarter. So it was incredible that Brady threw for what 400 and something yards. Yeah, and Evans finished with 47. So dodge a bullet there. <laughs> yeah, Brady. Just uh, you know, of course the he goat. shows up in the champ in the fantasy championship. Wow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, it's I mean, very cool week. I mean, what people were falling over railings. That got it's got to be the worst uh, stadium. Like I hear yeah. something bad about that stadium like every week, and nothing bad about any other stadium, pretty much ever. So um, interesting week, but now we got pretty much just DFS to look at. So we got the Saturday slate, we got the Sunday uh, main slate. So we'll go over both of those on this podcast. Let's jump right into the Saturday slate. We got Kansas City, Denver. They. You know, Kansas City still can, uh, you know, still playing for seeding. And then Dallas, Philly, both of those teams still playing for seeding, but could see them potentially, you know, rest guys, depending on what happens here. I mean, Philly's got a bunch of COVID issues, so I don't even know what their depth is going to be like. But uh, who stands out to you at the quarterback position on this two-game Saturday slate? Yeah, so unfortunately, the quarterback uh, positions kind of uh, a no-brainer for this slate. You know, Dak and Patrick Mahomes are, are pretty obvious. I think the Eagles, you know, they don't have much to play for, right? They, they're either going to be the sixth seed or seventh seed. So I'm hearing rumors they might be sitting people. So if if they sit Jalen Hurts, you know, Gardner Minshew uh, would <laughs> oh, be yeah. interesting and just kind of who to stack them with. Who knows who, like I think Devontae Smith would be somebody they would have rest, but maybe, you know, Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager play. So 
Minshew might be kind of interesting, but right now it just looks like Dak and Mahomes. Um, I, I can't see myself really playing Hurts in a meaningless game. Like, who knows if he'll just play the half? And then how could you play Drew Locke over Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott? So right now it's kind of a straightforward uh, quarterback slate. Yeah, I think it's even clearer than that. I mean, I, I don't even want to play Mahomes on this slate. Oh. Uh, you know, he's that Fangio defense. I mean, that has been essentially the blueprint for slowing down Mahomes in the first matchup, 15 of 29, 184 yards, uh, no touchdowns, one interception, and uh, four carries for 12 yards and a touchdown. So it was not pretty for Patrick Mahomes. And, and I think that this Denver team, I mean, they still, they're still going to come out with pride. It's in Denver. Mm. Uh, you know, who knows how long the Chiefs go, you know, depending on what happened, what's going on, you know, with this, you know, um, with them and how they feel about the game. I just don't know. Like if, if we get like a, a vintage Mahomes performance here at all, I, I think that, yeah. Um, you know, T's going to want to play it safe. They're not going to want to push the envelope. We've seen that even with guys coming off COVID list and things like that. So um, I think Dak is kind of the guy If Dallas, Dallas seems like they're going to have the most to play for. Right. Um, Cause yeah. Philly's yeah. Philly's resting guys. Denver's out. Um, but they're playing for pride. We're not, we don't care about their quarterback situation anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it's Dak. And then if Minshew plays, then yeah, Minshew, because he'll just be playing for, you know, kind of auditioning for a, a new team or yeah. something like that. So let, let's say Philly announces they're resting like pretty much all their starters and Dallas is now like minus 13. Would you still be comfortable uh, playing Dak or would you have similar concerns with Mahomes where, you know, he might not have to play much in the second half? Yeah, I mean, I just like the matchup for that, though. Because if Philly's yeah. resting guys, they're resting guys. Like, on the <laughs> they're resting guys on defense. Yeah. Like, Mahomes out. is going to get the, the, the Fangio defense, as True. far as we know. You know, like, as far as we know. Yeah. And that's the pride of Denver's team, even without Von Miller. You know, that's still kind of what Denver's done. I mean, I think they are – let me double-check this. They are all, – all the guys that they've lost and kind of, you know, gotten hurt on defense, they are third in the league, 18.4 points per game allowed. Wow. Like that's that's their that's what Denver's like they're gonna come out. I I, I guarantee you they're gonna give effort in this in this kind yeah. of game. So I yeah, it's an ugly slate. Like Minshew probably if he plays would probably be the best uh quarterback option when you consider you know value and all that. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously check our fantasy labs models, our projections uh at actionnetwork.com as the week progresses. We'll know more. Just COVID situations that could happen it's only tuesday as we record this so uh you know guys could be kind of landing on the list as we speak and there's different protocols now so they could also be cleared uh more quickly so it's 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 a mess but right now yeah i'd say dak Minshew if he plays uh running back who do you like uh at the running back position so right now you know kenny gainwell is the only healthy back on the eagles um it looks like you know sanders will probably mess i, I you don't know, we already said the Eagles don't really have anything to play for. So Sanders is probably out for sure. Uh, and now Jordan Howard and Boston Scott are on the COVID list. So it could be a Kenny Gainwell week. And, um, you know, against the Cowboys, it's not an easy matchup. But if it's a trailing game script, you know, that fits Gainwell perfectly. He's a pass catching back. Uh, he's only 4,100. So he's going to be very highly rostered. I don't know who the Eagles have on their practice squad, but maybe the backup might be a sneaky play because they could split carries or something. Uh, but right now, it looks like Gainwell is going to be a no-brainer uh, play if Howard and Boston Scott are held out as well. Um, and then last week, I said that, you know, I love Daryl Williams. Um, if they're going to be in a competitive game script, 
And sure enough, that was just, you know, the game of the week between the Chiefs and Bengals. Great call on Bengals plus three and a half. Um, and Darrell Williams had a good game. But this is the kind of game where I do think Derek Gore um, has some upside. Uh, you know, the, the Chiefs could run away with this. Um, and if they're up 10 plus, 20 plus in the second half, that's when Derek Gore uh, can be a slate breaker. So I think I will have some shares of Derek Gore um, against the Broncos this week. You're just you're. You're about to bet the Chiefs here, aren't you? Like, you just have no confidence in this Broncos team. <laughs> I'm like, geez, well, they're at home. Like, this is the perfect sheesh. spot for the Broncos yeah. to, like, lose by, like, three points. You know, <laughs> But, I, I mean, I, I get you. I think – I mean, Edward Delaire is not even technically ruled out yet anyway. I don't think he'll play. Uh, but yeah. this does seem like one of those games where uh, – because Williams is a big part of that. You know, in that postseason run last year, you know, he was he was an integral part. And Edward Delaire hasn't always been able to stay healthy, so – um, yeah, I think you, you're going to see a little mix. And McKinnon's also back. So yep. they could, yeah, they, there's a lot of different ways they could go. Uh, I think Gainwell's a clear choice. I mean, Dallas a run funnel defense anyway. They're first in DVOA against the pass, 18th against the run. And then, um, you know, Gainwell's a rookie. And he's a guy that they could actually afford to get hurt because they still have three other guys that they would have active and probably get back for the next week anyway. So uh, I think Gainwell gets as much as he can handle. I don't know if I even care about the roster shit because there's just so few options. Yeah. And I think if anything, you're going to have to switch it up at receiver because at least then it's like every team's going to have three receivers on the field for a majority of the snaps in, in some form or fashion. So there's more ways to kind of mix it up at receiver, but at running back, it's like, there might only be like a couple of guys that even get 15 touches and Gainwell seems like he's one of them. Uh, yep. I, so yeah. And we'll, we'll have to see what happens with the, the Broncos backs, but you know, both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are pretty banged up right now. Um, so in a meaningless game, you know, do they end up sitting one of these guys? Then the other one would be a no-brainer play. So that's that's the situation I'm monitoring. If they both play, I think they both, you know, they're too banged up. They limit each other's ceiling. Again, the Chiefs might blow them out. But if one of those <laughs> backs, if one of those backs is ruled out, that's gonna shape up, you know, shake up the slate quite a bit because that whoever is active would be very highly rostered. I think Javante, I mean, just like, because he's the rookie, I think if he's healthy enough to go, I, I think they might lean on him a little bit more. He's also 143 yards away from 1,000. So, I mean, Ooh, Gordon's yeah. 192 yards away. I don't think that's realistic. Uh, though he is a veteran, but I, he's not, it's not like he's on like a one-year deal or anything. So, um, mm. I think Javante is interesting. I think he's, I think he's just kind of seems like the guy that, you know, last game of the season, why not, right? Um, yeah. But who knows? All right. What about wide receiver? Uh, you mentioned kind of Devontae Smith. He, you know, he kind of stood out to me, but again, I don't know if he's going to be part of the guys that arrest. So, uh, I mean, Cedric Wilson is, is a guy who uh, he'll have to take over that Gallup role again. Although they do have some guys back. I think Noah Brown is, was his practice window started, yeah. but I still think Wilson, you know, he put up a big game last week, probably gets a chance to, to play here and, and keep it going. So uh, he's the guy that really kind of stands out. Uh, what about you? Yeah, same here. You know, Cedric Wilson already stepped up earlier this year when Michael Gallup was out for several games. So I think he'll he'll get that number three wideout role. Um, so I think he's he's a great play here. And I think CeeDee Lamb is sneaky as well. You know, he's been pretty quiet these past few weeks. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week uh, 10. Um, I think Darius Slate, if he does play, would be shadowing Amari Cooper for the most part. I think Lamb will see mostly, you know, Steven Nelson, Avante Maddox. So he has the easier matchup. Um, so Lamb's roster ship might be a little bit lower than it should be. Um, so, you know, without Michael Gallup, you know, I, I think Lamb should see an extra couple targets. Uh, so I like him. But yeah, on the Eagles side, I, I think Devontae Smith 
is going to get held out if they if they hold out, you know, Jalen Hurts. Um, Dallas Goddard is on the COVID list, so maybe he misses as well. Um, so if like Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager are active, uh, I I definitely be interested in stacking them with like a Gardner Minshew. Uh, but if they're both out, and let's say it's JJ Arthega Whiteside and Greg Ward out there, I'll probably be off the passing game completely. Like no offense to Gardner Minshew, but it'd be impossible for him to really put up a big score with those backups. So um, again, it will have to. There's a lot of news that we need to sort through by the end of the week. But if Quez Watkins and Rager are in there with uh, Smith and Goddard out, I'll be interested in those two. Ward would be interesting either way. I mean, he's yeah. he continuously has stepped up when called upon, and he's probably better than Rager and Watkins, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I don't, uh, you know what I Maybe mean? Maybe Rager, like, but no, I, I don't know. Quez I mean, Watkins, Watkins has Watkins scored a touchdown this year? I don't think Watkins. Uh, no, I think they're all three yeah. were in the preseason. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's got uh, 55 targets, 38 catches, no touchdowns. So, yeah, I think I, I like Ward. I think Ward, he's shown that ability to get like eight, you know, seven, eight catches here and there. So if he if he plays, I would I would look at him. Artega Whiteside is kind of one of those guys that I mean, he's a little bigger bodied guy, hasn't really shown the ability to consistently yeah. get open. So. Uh, all right. Tight end. It's another it's tough here, too. I mean, I, you almost have to go with probably Travis Kelsey or Dalton Schultz, unless the Eagles hold out Goddard. And it looks like Stoll ended up on the COVID list. So, I mean, it could be a Tyree Jackson game if they hold out <laughs> everyone. But, I, I mean, that's we're looking way down, far down the, the line here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty deep. And it's funny, like Greg Ward and Tyree Jackson are former quarterbacks. So maybe they have a trick play up their sleeve with those two. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to get cute here. I think it's Travis Kelsey. Or Schultz, you know, all the way here. Um, you could take a stab at either one of the Broncos tight ends, but there's just so much value elsewhere that I think it just makes sense to spend up at tight end. If you want to get contrarian, make unique lineups for leverage, then certainly, you know, spend down at tight end. But it's this slate's just pretty straightforward at QB and tight end, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Noah Fant, I, he did get an underestimated practice report. They said he mm-hmm. was limited, but... If for some reason they hold him out, you know, it's week 17, they're eliminated. That's a guy, you know, maybe they hold out if it doesn't, yeah. he doesn't progress. Then, okay, oh, okay, Okuebunam. Alberto. <laughs> yeah, Alberto, Albert Okuebunam. That, that would be a good play. You know, that would be a guy that you could kind of stick in there. And he, he's shown the ability to, to put up some similar numbers to Fant when he's, you know, in there. And he's, he would, if he's the only tight end, I think that would, he would be a high upside guy. So, He's the only other guy. And then again, if, if Jackson's going to be like the only tight end that's been on the <laughs> roster all year, that's going to suit up, then I have no problem with him uh, either. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to the main slate and we'll start with quarterback. We won't worry about the, the rankings since fantasy is over. We'll just kind of jump into the DFS cheat codes. Uh, Sean, who do you like for value this week at the quarterback position? Um, so there's a lot of guys in this like 5,500 range, these dual threat quarterbacks, um, all three of them, they're not guaranteed to start this week. So let me just start with the first one, Tyler Huntley. Um, it, we're still waiting to see if Lamar Jackson is healthy enough to suit up. Um, but you know, if Tyler Huntley starts again, he's going to be a great play at 5,700 against the Steelers. Um, Jordan Love, you know, at the Lions potentially starting, um, for Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, he's 5,500. I, I think he's a guy that I'll wait to see which wide receivers they trot out there. I'm assuming Adams will be out, but if, if they keep, you know, MBS, Alan Lazard out there, um, I'll be interested in Jordan Love. If they rule out, you know, three of the top starting wide receivers, I'll probably be off of them. Um, and then Trey Lance, 
5,500 against the Rams. If Jimmy G is held out again this week, uh, I'll love me some Lance. He's, he really struggled in the first half, but he came on in the second half. Um, he's going to be way too cheap at 5,500. I mean, you know, in the top tier, I think Matthew Stafford makes sense at 6,700. We'll talk about it later, but Cooper Cup's going for the uh, uh, receiving yard record in a season. He needs 135 yards or more. So, you know, Stafford could be forcing it to him much, a bit more this game, which is only going to benefit Matthew Stafford. So I think this is a sneaky spot for Stafford, especially against the 49ers defense, which is a, you know, a pass funnel defense. So I love Stafford at 6,700 as well. Yeah. Stafford kind of stands out. I mean, it should be a, it should be a competitive game. The, the Rams always seem to falter against the Niners. So they might actually <laughs> be in a trailing game script, even though they are favorites. Uh, another guy that stands out to me, Taysom Hill. Um, if he goes, he's, he's, you know, Saints though, what can they, they need us. They need the Niners to lose, right. To get in, I think. And, and to win, like they need, yeah, to they got to win. Yeah, they got to win obviously, but they need to win. I think they got to win and have to have the Niners lose. So they should be playing. Yeah. Uh, so Taysom against the Falcons. I mean, that's, I think that's a very attractive matchup. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill is kind of sneaky. Uh, the Texans and the Titans tend to play these crazy games. Especially like I don't know if you remember last year. I think it was something like forty-one thirty-eight in the in the last game of the season, <laughs> and the Titans needed to like win that to like make sure uh, there was some reason they needed to, like you know I think they were fighting with the Colts or whatever it was, but um, the Texans never seemed to go down easy. So I don't know if just because you know it's ten and a half point spread that it's going to be one of those games where the Titans don't have to pass. He has Julio back. He threw for three twenty-three against the Texans, only one touchdown, but they lost that game. But I could see a competitive game here. Uh, again, so I think Tannehill is interesting uh, as well, and I don't think anyone will be on him just because he's 6K. You know, he's not really cheap. Yeah. So I mean, you might get him at like one percent. You could stack it with AJ, who kind of had a disappointing week, so his roster ship should be lower. So I, I like the Tannehill under the radar uh, play and stack for this week. Yeah, that's sneaky. Uh, I'm looking last year. They, yeah, they won 41 to 38. <laughs> nuts. Uh, Derrick Henry ran 34 times for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he's um, not on the team. Henry. <laughs> or, actually, he could be back this week, but I doubt they will. Oh, play. no, I no yeah. way it's this week, right? But definitely for the playoffs. I think he'll be back for the playoffs. That would be awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, because they don't get the, they should get the bye. So that's actually, I mean. Oh, man. Titans he'll be Super ready Bowl? for 30 carries. <laughs> Hopefully, Julio Jones will be healthy by then, too. That, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, he's healthy now. It's just how long can he last? Can he True. last another couple of weeks? <laughs> Uh, all right. What are we doing for the prop at quarterback? So, well, this is a running back slash QB prop. Um, so who's going to rush for more yards this week? Josh Allen against the Jets or Cordero Patterson against the Saints? (laughs) And what do we say the, the, uh, the, the bills scenario was they could fall if they don't win the game. Yeah, I know the bills, the bills will be trying. Um, and you know, the Falcons, that's negotiable. But um, yeah, I have it. I have it pretty even. So we're yeah, I'll where go Josh Allen because yeah, it's Josh. Like he he needs one run, whereas like I, Patterson, <laughs> I don't know if he breaks one against the top run defense in the league. Yeah. And he's just been getting fewer and fewer carries. So, yeah, you, you can't bet. You can always, you always got to go against the Saints. We talk about this. Yep. So <laughs> I'll go Josh there. Uh, that's a good one. All right. Let's go to running back. Who do you like? for your DFS cheat codes for the main slate at running back. 
Um, so we'll have to see what the Packers do this week. I, I'm assuming Aaron Jones is going to sit. I'm assuming AJ Dillon is out. Um, he's he's probably too good to try it out there this week. So I think Patrick Taylor yep. and Kareth White, um, you know, will be the running back. So I think Patrick Taylor at 4K um, will be one of the most popular plays. I'm thinking, especially against the Lions, you know. Um, so I, I think Patrick Taylor, maybe even Kareth White, might be worth a flyer this week. Spend up elsewhere. Um, and then, you know, Devontae Freeman at 5,200. Um, the Ravens are trying to win this week. Um, this is a great matchup against the Steelers. We know that they've been sort of a sieve to running backs um, for the past month or two. Uh, and Devontae Freeman has been sort of the workhorse back. Aside from that one game, I think it was week 15 or 16. Um, he took a backseat to Latavius Murray, but he's the workhorse back right now. So love him at 5,200. I don't think his roster ship will be too high. Uh, and then Deontay Foreman. Uh, kind of alluding to what you said last year, um, you know, that this could be a close game. I think ultimately the Titans will beat the Texans. I know crazy call um, and Deontay Foreman could have a big game, maybe not as big as Derrick Henry last year, uh, but this is a good spot for Foreman. And this is a revenge game. He he bombed for us the last time I played. I think he only ran for like 30 yards, but I think he'll bounce back here. Uh, so he's a great play as well. And then Antonio Gibson, you know, he's a guy worth monitoring. Um, he was held out last week, but uh, he should be back this week. And he's 5,800 against the Giants. Um, he could have a low floor because I don't think there's any reason to really give him 20 plus touches. But for GBPs, he certainly has the upside, uh, should have a low roster ship. So I'll be interested in having some uh, Gibson shares at a pretty cheap price in a, in a good matchup. Yeah, and Gibson, uh, 109 yards away from 1,000. So nice. maybe maybe he wants to get that uh, yeah. that first 1,000-yard season under his belt. So yeah, I like the Gibson call. It's interesting. I mean, he's obviously been wearing down, so there's a low floor there, but um, yeah, it's high ceiling. Elijah Mitchell uh, is another guy for me. I, you know, he's, what is he? Let's see. He's in reach of a thousand. Yeah, he's 122 yards away from a thousand. So I think he's in a great spot. Um, again, Niners tend to have success against this Rams team. So I don't think they'll have to go away from him. David Montgomery, you liked him last week. I think, I, you know, same thing this week. Uh, you know, going against the Vikings here, uh, like him, Burkhead. I think Burkhead at this point, he's just playing like they're just letting him play it, like they're just letting him go, like <laughs> get go get another contract, you know, like they they're uh they're kind of unleashing him. So, uh, I think Rex Burkhead against his Titan defense. I mean, again, these they tend to play these really crazy games late in the year. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Rex has like another big, big game. He had a pretty decent game against the. Uh, Niners and he played a season high 66% of these offensive snaps against the Niners. He's played 60 plus uh, three straight weeks and that was only four times this season. And uh, three of them have been in the last three weeks. So I think Burkhead is going to continue to get um, kind of this, this feature back role to close out the year. I mean, he's averaging 19 carries per game. Wait, no. More, <laughs> no. what, yeah, he's averaging 19 over the last two and then he's mm. got, uh, 18 over the last three. So a- average. So, and then that's not even counting his receiving usage. So he's a 20 touch guy these days, Rex Burkett, who'd have thought. Yeah. He had six catches last week. Um, and we're at the point in the week where I'm projecting David Johnson to return, um, and eating into a couple, at least a couple touches for Burkhead. And then later in the week, David Johnson's yes. ruled out and I update it. So, uh, Burkhead's rank always goes up for me later in the week. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I, at this point, you need a Rex Burkhead jersey. I feel like you've been <laughs> yeah. promoting him for about a month now, and he's been hitting 
almost each and every week. Uh, so great calls. And yeah, why not keep it rolling this week? So I'm, I'm all in on the Burkhead train with you finally. Yeah, and to be like, Johnson hasn't been those last couple of games. He really hasn't been cutting into Burkhead's work, even when they've both been active. Like Johnson yeah. used to be the main receiving back. The last two games he played 25% and 13% of the routes. Like you just, was that, did he get injured in game or something? Or was that just, they didn't use him? He might've gotten injured in one of them, but he just, Mm -hmm. I I don't like, I just don't at this point, I don't think they're too interested in playing. I mean, if they were interested in playing David Johnson, Rex Burkhead wouldn't have been playing over him from the start. So I just, I mean, it's David Johnson. He was broken like three years ago at this point. And Mark Ingram was playing over him. Yeah, well, marketing was like the all these backs were better than David Johnson, right? As you know, it's I mean, Royce Freeman kind of might be even better than David Johnson, (laughs) who knows? Uh, but yes, Rex, like him, loved the Taylor call. I I mean, I think Taylor gets most of the work over Karis White just because, uh, you know, Taylor's been the guy that's kind of been on the active roster, gutting it out most of the you know, most of the year, and so usually with those kind of guys, they give him a chance to play. In yeah. these kind of games. And he got, what do you have a season high six carries last week? Ooh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think they're getting ready to kind of give him some work to close out the year. And one guy, you know, we don't know for sure if he'll be healthy, but see, I mean, he's got bruised ribs, so I can't imagine that's going to keep him out. But Keyshawn Vaughn uh, looks like Ronald Jones is going to miss. So that would be uh, a good spot for Keyshawn Vaughn to get some work. Uh, that And I, I think they could afford it because, you know, they still have a guy like Kenyon Barner to play special teams if for some reason, Vaughn got hurt for the playoffs, so um, I think they would let Vaughn go and, and play in, in the game that they they still want to win this game, right? The Bucks want to win this game. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they want to win the game. Yeah, yeah, so I think Keyshawn Vaughn goes if he's if he's healthy. So watch out for that. Uh, what do you got for the prop? Uh, so let's go with DeAndre Swift total rushing and receiving yards this week against the Packers. Um, I'm setting the line at fifty-five and a half. Ooh. Rushing and receiving, huh? Uh, what did he only well, play like he didn't? He played 57% I mean, of snaps last week, he just didn't get much work. Yeah, he, he got receiving work, like he had his routes run was over 60, yeah. Uh, but he just didn't get any rushing work. And you know, Dan Campbell was saying all week they wanted to just unleash him and close out the season strong, but that didn't happen. So, may it you know, could happen this week. And he's only 5,900. So, just what are you thinking when it comes to Swift? Yeah, I, I'm going to go over. Um, I wonder if he was just trying, they were trying to just get him to a thousand scrimmage yards or something last week. He, he went over uh, by about oh. 20 yards. So I don't know if, it, I don't think there's any like other milestones in play here, but yeah, I think to close out the year, I think he just liked to get, to get back to it, you know? So I, I think, I think they will let him play a little bit. Although you never know, they got like 80, 87 backs, but he's good enough. He just needs to break like one or two big ones uh, to go over that. It's not a, it's not a hard number. So I, yeah, I'll go over that. Uh, let's go to wide receiver. Sean, who do you like at wide receiver this week? Uh, so you kind of already mentioned him earlier uh, when you were talking about Ryan Tannehill, but I love AJ Brown at 7K here. You know, his ceiling may be lower just due to the potential blowout. But like you said, the Texans, uh, they've played a lot of teams a little bit closer than we think, and especially these these Titan-Texans clashes. So I think AJ Brown, he, he has two touchdown upside here. Um, they're going to lean on him against a weak defense. So um, you know, I, I think his ceiling is, you know, achievable here. So love him at 7K, especially on just a weird week like this. So he's one of the few players that I don't mind spending up on. Um, I'm going to stick with Christian Kirk again at 6K facing the Seahawks. 
he had a solid game against the stingy Cowboys pass defense last week. Got six balls for 79 yards. Um, three straight games now of six or more catches. Um, so this is a much easier matchup. Um, you know, they've been leaning on him a lot more ever since DeAndre Hopkins has been out. So I love Kirk, especially at 6K in this matchup. Um, and then, you know, a guy that might be sneaky this week is Elijah Moore, uh, just for GPPs. But, um, you know, he's 4,700, could return this week. And I don't think the Jets would trot him out there unless they were sure he was, you know, at or near 100%. Um, so despite the tough matchup against the Bills, this could be a week where they, you know, unleash him for one last game, um, maybe let Zach Wilson air it out a bit. You know, who cares if they lose? So Elijah Moore could be sneaking GPPs at 4,700. Obviously one of the most talented rookie receivers out there. So love getting more one last time this season. Um, and then LaVisca Chenault, you know, one more time for him to bust um, for me this year. <laughs> He's 3,700. I mean, it's ridiculous how cheap he is, but he doesn't warrant to be over 4K, but this is a matchup against the Colts. He's done a lot better against zone this year. So one last time, Chenault, uh, you can bust for me. So I'm going to have Chenault in just a handful of teams, but I can't pass him up uh, in what should be, a, should be a good spot for him. Yeah, Chenault is uh, dead to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm just one last time, baby. One like, last time. I know. I do. I do like the Jaguars' chances of being a little frisky in this game, but yeah, it's probably going to be Treadwell. And, Obvi- and obviously, it's going to be Treadwell. I think that just goes without saying. By at this point, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Mike Evans. Mike Evans is interesting this week. Uh, it seems like he's healthy. Uh, probably not the week to bet is under this week. Uh, you know, I no won't, Antonio. I promise. Yeah, no Antonio. Um, I mean, the Panthers cover tight ends pretty well, so I think this is a big Evans spot here. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, especially the Packers are resting guys. So, who, regardless of the quarterback, he's shown that he's quarterback proof at this point in the season. So, I, I think he closes it out strong. Uh, Brandon Cooks, just because, I, again, I think these Titans Texas games are going to be a little bit crazier than we think, and I think Cooks is the midst of a really good kind of rebound over the second half. He kind of uh, quieted down around midseason after a strong start, but um, he's closing out strong. So I like Cooks to keep it going. Kirk, as you said, Antoine Wesley too, um, down there at 4,100. I mean, against the Seahawks defense, I think a guy like Wesley has some size. Um, I, I think they, I think they'll go to him. They Kyra seems to love going to him for whatever reason. And then, yeah, especially, I like in, the, uh, especially in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like, you know, the Elijah Moore call. If he doesn't play, I think Berrios again. I mean, they, he's, oh, yeah. he's, talented, he's like, he's a more talented guy than I think people realize. And um, he's a former Belichick guy. Like he, he was on the Patriots. I think he came up. So um, probably a, uh, a guy that I think has a little more talent underlying than people think, you know, he keeps surprising people with these big games. Christian Wilkerson. I mean, at this point, Nikhil Harry probably another healthy scratch. I don't. I, I don't. I wonder if they continue to play Wilkerson here over Aguilar. So we'll have to see what happens if Aguilar comes back. But um, I got my eye on Wilkerson at thirty three hundred because he would be like a starting receiver, like probably every snap guy if uh, if they're missing somebody again. And then Cyril Grayson. I mean, he keeps balling out. Brady seems to love to throw to him. So I, I know mm-hmm. Tyra Johnson and Brashad Perriman are there, and Scotty Miller's there, but Grayson seems to be. Um, kind of one of Brady's favorite targets. So they might try to continue to work on that connection heading into the playoffs because they're going to need it. They're going to need another guy now uh, with, you know, with AB out. So uh, looking at him as well. This is why I love week 18. I mean, we're talking about Chenault, Cyril Grayson. Uh, I love the Christian, the Wilkerson call. Like, uh, did you see that tweet from Fancy Pros? We we were two of the four analysts 
that ranked him inside of her top hundred. Right. It's just somebody that, had to get the routes. <laughs> well, that's that's when um, you know being a degen preseason DFS and yeah. better comes into play because he looked really good in preseason. Yep. So yeah, when Nikhil Harry was that late healthy scratch, I just thought yeah maybe it's Wilkerson time. So I, I project him a little bit higher. Um, Gunner Ashlevsky is the only other guy and Matthew Slater is just special team. So I, I thought, yeah, this could be the Wilkerson breakout game. I did not expect that though. Um, so yeah, I, I could see him continuing that into this week. He he did impress me in preseason. So love that call. What, what's his price right now? I don't have it. Oh my God. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, the cat's out of the bag with him, but I think he is sort of the real deal for these like men price wide receivers. So yeah, uh, I think we're going to have to jam him in, in our DK lineup. And uh, another, another couple of guys I'll mention, so Darnell Mooney is 71 yards away from a thousand. So I think they try to get him. There. Oh, yeah. So that's, a, I mean, that's a pretty good, that's his median, let's say, or, you know what I mean? Like that's a pretty good median yeah. for a receiver. So I think he's, he's worth keeping an eye on and getting in some lineups. Uh, your boy Kirk is 61 yards away from a thousand. Again, I don't know if they get contract incentives for this. I'm just kind of looking at the milestones it, here. No, gotta, these are definitely worth just yeah. looking at and yeah. Factoring um, in. And then DK Metcalf is 91 yards away from a thousand. So I think those guys, they try to get to that. Mike Evans only 54. I mean, he probably gets that either way, you know? So, but that's, that's not really worth mentioning, but yeah, those guys in that range, and then it kind of drops off. Um, you know, Tyra Boyd would be 172 yards away. I don't, I don't know if he could do that. Same AJ Green's 175 away. Doubt, <laughs> doubt that he's got that in him at this point, but yeah, Mooney, I think they try to get, he's a young guy. They try to get Metcalf's been unhappy. Could be Russ's last yeah. game. I think they aired out to him as well. So um, a couple of guys to keep in mind. Uh, let's go to the prop. Yeah. So just keeping in with this theme that you're talking about, like incentives, milestones. Uh, Cooper Cup is 135 yards away um, for breaking Calvin Johnson's single season record. Um, so that's the over under this week. Uh, over under 135 and a half receiving yards for him. Over. I mean, this is, it's not just that cup is in line for this potential milestone. I know he's kind of downplaying it saying, you know, it should be an asterisk there at 17 games, but this is San Francisco. We're talking about, this is the team that lost all of its cornerbacks. This is the team that allows the most schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to opposing number one wide receivers. According to football outsiders, they allow 87.1 yards per game. On average, you know, the league average is about 65. So mm -hmm. they're about 22 yards over. So even if you just use Cup's normal projection and add like <laughs> 22 yards, yeah. it's probably over this number. So we're very close to it. So with a little added, added incentive in a game that I think the Rams may actually have some trouble, you know, with more than maybe the Vegas odds imply. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think I think I'm going over this. What about you? Yeah, no, like I was saying last week, I was I was kind of rooting that he was going to be 150, 160 yards away. But since it's 135, that's pretty close to what yeah. his normal prop is. But let's say a book is offering, you know, 120. Let's say prize picks has 128 and a half receiving yards. Are you just hammering that or are you kind of like shying away? Because it's like that is the highest prop of the season. Yeah, I mean, I just go over. I wouldn't hammer it any more than any other prop. But just I would, a normal one. I would unit. still go over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think, yeah. It, yeah. When it comes to these like incentives and stuff, you know, you're talking about Mooney, Metcalf. I think those come more into play when the team has nothing to play for. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, a team fighting for a playoff spot, they're not going to get too cute. But when it comes to Cooper Cup, uh, like I mentioned earlier, like forcing Cooper Cup the ball probably isn't a bad thing. 
So this also does jive with, you know, needing a win. Um, so I just think, yeah, I think we're going to see books probably float a line probably close to 130 because they're going to have to factor it in. It's not too far off from where his prop normally is. So I just think we're going to see, you know, the highest receiving prop all year on Cooper Cup this week. Yeah, and we should, you know. I As mean, we should, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, the Rams, even if they lose, they're still in the playoffs, right? They just get a bad Yeah, they're, they're going for, you know, uh, home game. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, they can't get the one seed, so they can't get the bye, but they can get the two seed. Yeah, um, so, so, yeah, they have plenty to play for here. They have a lot to play for, but now, like, you know, Stafford and Cup are cool. They're like, hey, buddy, like, you know, just get me that 136. <laughs> he, he also needs 11 receptions to tie Michael Thomas's record that one might be out of reach but i mean if he gets 136 yards i think that that is 11 receptions yeah he could get close enough but he has two things going in his favor this week so yeah like it's not crazy to expect a 12 catch 150 yard game from cup so i I just think i I, i'm with you i think he's gonna break the receiving yard one i think the reception one is gonna be close too yeah let's see he's got He's got a 13-catch game, two 11-catch games, and two 10-catch games this year. So, I mean, that's – if anyone – yeah, if anyone has a shot yeah. at doing this, it's him. Uh, let's go to tight end. Who do you like at tight end? Kind of – I mean, it's early in the week. Not not a lot to pick from as far as, as, far as I see. I mean, I'll just throw out a couple of names. Zach Ertz, uh, I think, mm-hmm. you know, the Cardinals still, still playing hard. I, I think, um, you know, he'll be a guy that's – still involved against this zone defense at the Seahawks tight ends tend to do better against zone. And then John Bates looks like Seals Jones isn't going to play this week. He had an unfortunate uh, accident with the cameraman got taken off on the, on the board. So I, I doubt they, you know, bring him back this week. He's in the protocol right now. So I think those are the two guys that, that stand out. Yep. Same here. I have Ertz in that top tier 5,300, just way too cheap for him. He's one of the top tier tight ends, five plus catches in four straight. You know, pretty easy matchup against the Seahawks. And like you said, John Bates, uh, with no Ricky Seals-Jones, we can expect Bates to run a route over 80% of the time, um, especially since, you know, they're evaluating for the 2022 season. So they'll want the rookie to get as much playing time as possible here. He's looked really good uh, when he has gotten playing time and targets this year. So at 3K, he's sort of a no-brainer play if you want to go, um, you know, spend down at tight end. And also... You know, I'd be remiss to leave out our boy Brevin Jordan, but uh, he's 2,700 this week. Um, like you said, could be a close game uh, against the Titans. Ton of upside uh, for a guy below 3K. Uh, another spot where they're going to be evaluating rookies like Brevin Jordan. Um, he struggled last week, but, you know, like you mentioned all the time, the 49ers have a really stingy defense against tight end. So I think he bounces back here and uh, just love his talent and think we could see him, you know, run around over six, 60% of the time here. Um, and have a, a you know a sneaky stat line for just twenty seven hundred. Yeah, it's that kind of week. I mean, you got to you got to give consideration to guys like Brevin Jordan. I mean, you know, a guy like Cole Komet, you know, probably gets a lot of you know those yeah. guys that in that evaluation mode that have a a bright future. I think you definitely want to target those guys. Um, and I should mention, I mean, this is probably more notable if Garoppolo comes back. I don't think if Lance comes back, it'll be as feasible, but. George Kittle's exactly a hundred away from a thousand. So mm. that uh, he's had a couple of quiet games, but I, you know, with Lance there, I don't know if that's, you know, they might not have enough passing yards to go around there. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Gronk this week? Uh, what do I think of Gronk this week? Um, just, he always has that touchdown upside. 
Um, but let me see how he did last week. What was what was his route seven? Time? You know, a cool seven for one fifteen. Seven for one fifteen, yeah, and it was Cam. Pretty much doubled up his prop. It was Cam Brait vulturing the touchdown. Um, yeah, you know, without Antonio Brown, um, you know, they're gonna lean on Gronk here. So yeah, I do like Gronk, especially if they're trying to win. Um, and let me see his price. Just he's he's way more expensive than Ertz, right? That's that's why I probably didn't mention. Him. But at sixty three hundred, certainly for GPPs with his touchdown upside. He's worth it, but just give me Zach Ertz a thousand dollars cheaper any day of the week, though. Give me Dawson Knox at like a fraction of the ownership at one hundred. It's more expensive than Zach Ertz actually. Against after coming off like zero, uh, yeah. zero catch game going against. Let's see, are the Jets still the worst? They usually they were the worst most of the year. Let's see if they're still. Jets are yep number thirty two in DVOA against tight ends. Just gave up that 115 to Gronk. And, and I think you said a touchdown of Brait, right? Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> this is a great spot. for And Knox needs one touchdown for 10 on the year. So, oh. yeah, they, 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 they usually target him around the goal line. He's been missed a couple of times over the past couple of weeks for some touchdowns mm-hmm. from Josh Allen. So, I think they're trying to get him number 10 there. So, I, I think Dawson Knox, great pivot off Ertz, who, if, unless something happens between now and – which it obviously could, but as it's looking now, I would – bet that Ertz is the most uh, rostered tight end on the slate. Yeah, so for sure. And you're going to need those pivots. And like, we, we don't, we don't know if Kyle Pitts is going to play, but if Pitts is out, I think Hayden Hurst um, would be sneaky at 3,200. He's got to be that, activated, right? He's got, he's, 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 gotta still... be, he's been on the cover list for like almost. Oh no, he's activated. Now. He's good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that that would be the case. So, um, you know, Pitts looked like he, he tweaked his hammy pretty good. So that's, that's somebody to check later in the week. We're going to be keeping all of our projections up to date on Action Network and Fancy Labs. So just be sure to check that. But I think Hayden Hurst might be sneaky at 3,200 if Pitts is ruled out. All right, let's go to the prop. Okay, so we're going to go with Mark Andrews, total receiving yards against the Steelers this <laughs> week. Um, so right now I have the line at 68, 68 and a half. And I'm just curious um, if Lamar is in or out this week, uh, will your projection for him go up or down? How are you handling that situation? It's not going to go down. I mean, it's cute to say, you know, it, he has had more success, but he's also just had more success lately. They've been getting him more involved. I do think Lamar's had trouble with what defenses are kind of throwing at him, whereas they play, you know, some Huntley's been a little more decisive. So, but at the same time, I mean, he's got 115, 136, 125, 89 over the last four games. The last time he didn't go over was ironically against Pittsburgh with Lamar. So I, I see why you're putting it there. I'm still going over though. I think they're going to need it. I mean, they have little to play for. Well, let me not say it like that. They have a lot to play for, but there's little chance of getting in, even yeah. if everything kind of sh- they have to. A lot has to shake their way. I think it's what like a four percent chance or something like that. Something like that. They yeah, need, it's like, very they need low. like three other teams to win or like a tie or some something weird to happen. But uh, yeah, I'll go over last game of the season. Why not just keep chucking it to the guy? Exactly, uh, right. and yeah. it, it just seems like whenever Huntley's under center, that's when Mark Andrews just goes nuclear. So. Um, just a, an interesting trend I've noticed. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your first Prize Pick Elite Entry for today for Week 18. So I'm going with Taylor Heineke under 200 and a half passing yards against the Giants. You know, last week, head coach Ron Rivera was hinting he wanted to get Kyle Allen some action. That didn't come to fruition in week 17, but I think that could happen here. 
Um, and even if Kyle Allen doesn't see any snaps, Kyle Heineke has only cleared this number in three of the past four games anyway. They're facing the Giants, who ran the ball 39 times last week, and they lost by nearly 30 points. So this could be a run-heavy, clock-killing game anyway. But this is, you know, we could see Heineke just play one half or just three quarters, uh, and this will be a lock to win. So I kind of want to lock this in early before we hear any rumors about Kyle Allen playing later in the week. So love Taylor Heineke. Kyle Allen will be getting (laughs) some snaps here. For my first one, I'm going with Michael Pittman. Over 55 and a half receiving yards. He's been over this in 10 or 16 games. The Jaguars are dead last in DVOA against number one wide receivers. And oh yeah, the Colts have to win this game. So uh, give me some Michael Pittman over 55 and a half to close the season out strong. John, who's your second prize? Uh, So I'm going with Noah Fant. Under 40 and a half receiving yards against the Chiefs. So last week, he took advantage of both Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick being out due to COVID. Got six passes for 92 yards. But, you know, Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick are likely going to return this week. So his target share is going to go down. Plus, he's dealing with a quad injury uh, to open the week. So he's been limited at practice. I don't see them really forcing the issue with him. You know, he's their top tight end. They're looking ahead to 2022. Um, so he could be limited. I love his under 40 and a half receiving yards against the Chiefs this week. Yeah, this uh, this kind of stands out too. Fan hasn't really been uh, a consistent guy, and Okuwebunam might get some more work last game of the year. Fans banged up. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I'll close it out with Devin Singletary over 59 and a half rushing yards. He's been over this in three of the last four, and over the last four games, he's played a median of 62 and a half snap, and that's a full game's work. And he only needs, I would say, about 14. 14, maybe 15 carries to go over this number to get to an even 60. Uh, so, you know, that's really get a carry on a fourth of the snap or less that he's going to be in the game. Bills are still playing for something. This Jets run defense is not very good at all. Um, they rank 26th in DVOA. So this is a team you can run the ball on. Uh, I think we see Singletary with another big game over 59 and a half rushing up for Singletary. That's going to do it for our prize pick lead entry for today. As a recap, Sean's going with Ehler, Heineke, under 200 and a half passing yards. And Noah Fant, under 40 and a half receiving yards against the Chiefs. I'm going with Michael Pittman, over 55 and a half receiving yards against the Jaguars. And Devin Singletary, over 59 and a half rushing yards against the Jets. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on the numbers fast in order to lock in the best ones. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. All right, uh, let's go to our lineup building segment of the pod. We'll build a lineup on FanDuel and DraftKings on the main slates. Let's start on DraftKings. I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, so let me get it pulled up. Our, our lineup last week definitely cashed, too. I forgot where it finished, but it... Uh, uh, I think we had a guy miss, too. Yeah. I think it's still cash without that. It would have, it would have, you know, I'm saying we had a good yeah. lineup, just uh, especially this early in the week. I would not be surprised if one or two of these guys uh, right. randomly get scratched or something. So, um, so let's see. Uh, go with AJ Brown. Well, if we're going AJ Brown, then I'll just go Tannehill. <laughs> Love it. I, I, I was teeing that up. 
All right. So that's uh 6K for Tannehill, 7K for Brown, 5285 remaining on average. Uh let's run it back with uh Brandon Cooks. Let's get this game stack complete. All right. All right. I'm gonna go with uh Elijah Mitchell, 6K. I think that's nice. way too cheap. Yeah, absolutely. So 49-40. Did uh, um Jeff remaining. Wilson even get a carry last week? Wow. Yep. All right, so yeah, 49-40, uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end, flex defense. So we have 49. Uh, maybe maybe I'll go with the defense here so we can get a better sense. Yeah, let's go with the Lions against Jordan Love. Like, they, they could rule out, like, even MVS, Lazard. So let's yeah, get could be one of those here. under games, too. Yeah, I mean, they're 2,700. So let, let's just 24, go with that. 2,400. Oh, 2,400, even better. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so let's go with John Bates here to give us some, some nice. more. Uh, we weigh he's only 3K. So now we're up to 64.33, and we have a, a running back wide receiver flex to uh, well, to get in there. Let's just jam him in. Cooper Cup. Yes. Why not? <laughs> so, so now we're back down to 4,800. <laughs> we, we can handle yeah, cheap. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you go flex. So I'll go okay. with the running back here. Ooh, let's go with the Swift Lion stack here. Let's just go. Swift. Oh, love it. So that's fifty nine hundred. So yeah, you got thirty seven hundred to play with. Um, yeah. Let, let's let's see. Uh, I, I won't. No, <laughs> no, I won't do that to you. Like I said, that's a personal thing. Like <laughs> I, I have to let him bust one more time on just a couple of teams. Um. Who is the other guy that you mentioned? Um, oh, Cyril Grayson. No, he's too he's expensive. Too expensive. Holy yeah, they, moly! They priced him up. No, I, I trust me. I I love um, Wilkerson. Um, I'm just worried his roster ship might be a bit too high. Uh, but I think with this lineup, uh, you know, 400 left over. I, I think it's a good lineup. Let's go with Wilkerson. All right. So we got Ryan Tannehill at 6K. Stack with AJ Brown at 7K, and then uh, our other receivers are Brandon Cooks at 63 and Cooper Cup at 97. Our flex is Christian Wilkerson at 3300. Our running backs Elijah Mitchell at 6K and DeAndre Swift at uh, 5900. Our tight end is John Bates at 3K, and we got the Lions defense stacked with Swift for 2400. That weaves 400 on the table. Always like to weave some salary just for differentiation purposes in these uh, large field tournaments. So. Lock that in. Jump over to FanDuel. I'll start us off here. Ooh, Cooper Cup's up to 10K on FanDuel. <laughs> All right, is he down to 10? I don't even remember what he was last uh, week. Yeah, I think he was like 10-2 last week. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. JT's 10-2. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, FanDuel's half PPR, so Cup's, you know, a little less valuable there. But either way, uh, worth every penny. Go Devin Singletary at 6,700. Home favorite against nice. the Jets. Yeah, I was thinking uh, about taking him on uh, DK, but he he's more of a FanDuel play anyway. Now, yeah, these days. Yeah, these days, exactly. Because he's like the he's, future back. Yeah, he's like the Zach Moss. Um, Taysom Hill seems pretty... Well, he's actually priced up on FanDuel, but I do like him on FanDuel. Um, but the problem with him, like, you can't really stack him with anybody. Yeah. So he's not really a tourney play for FanDuel, right? I mean. I mean, he's always a play, but yeah, because yeah, you're naked. not going to, if he rushes for 100 yards, you're not going to get the three points. Exactly. Exactly. It's Yeah. I mean, Stafford's 300 cheaper. He's one, he's an option. Then we probably have to go cuff again. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um, well, you got uh, you got Brady at a low, low price of 81. You know, that's always an option, I guess. Um, uh, just without AB, that's that's tough. Um, I'll just pass on quarterback for now. How about that? Sure. Um, well, I'll go with Christian Kirk, 6,200. Uh, I think he's even cheaper relatively on FanDuel. So love him there. All right. Uh, I will go with let's go DK Metcalf. 12 touchdowns on a year. Uh, you know, needs 91 to, away 90, from the yeah, Yep. Yep. Go 7,200. Pretty good price. And we got the game stack with Kirk. So we can go oh, Ross yeah. if we want or Kyler. Um, I Russ might make sense. Um, last 7, game, 200, two, two, 200 cheaper than Taysom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Russ has a low floor, but this is a GPP team. Yeah. Let's just, yeah, let's go with the Russ DK stack. All right. Let's, I'll look at a defense. Let's see. Bills stand out, but they're, they're going to be like insanely rostered, right? 4,500 against the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just probably too yeah. easy. <laughs> um, let's go with the Patriots. I'll oh. pay up for the Patriots because number one, if we wanted to, we could stack them with like a Harris or a Stevenson. Number two, the the Dolphins just scored what three points against the Titans, and now they yeah. got to play this Patriots team. Like, yeah, and and it's a revenge game for New England. Yeah, let's yep. go with the uh, pay up for the Patriots. That works. Um, let's see. So we have now we have a better 50, sense. Sixty nine fifty. Nice running back, wide receiver, tight end, flex. Okay. Tight ends tricky. Bates obviously sticks out like a sore thumb. Forty six hundred. Yeah. Kittle sixty nine. Oh really? Knox is sixty. Um, Ertz is fifty six. We already got Kirk and we didn't take Kyler, so I think Knox Knox makes the most sense. Well, we got now nah, we got Singletary. We got Singletary. We don't want to. Do oh that. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we need the touchdowns to stick with one guy. Um, yeah, like, forty nine hundred. I mean, that's. I'll get Cole Komet out of here. He's, he's, not a, he's not a FanDuel guy. He's, uh, he's, he's made for DK. He is. Uh, Brevin Jordan's at 4,600. Tennessee's number one against tight ends, though. That's uh, They haven't faced Brevin Durham Jordan, Jordan, though. Um, Durham Smith. Smythe. It's, it's, it's min, absolutely Smythe. We're not messing price. with those guys. We have, we have enough cash. Let's go with George Kittle. Uh, maybe hope that Jimmy G plays. Uh, although, I don't know if I want to injure Jimmy G playing, but just I kind of like the hundred yards to get a thousand. Like, yeah, it's intriguing. I'm all about that this week. So let's let's go with Kittle. He's he's probably overpriced at sixty nine hundred, but still, we're just going for sheer upside here. Um, so I think with lower roster ship, massive upside. I think Kittle's a play. Uh, looks like Damian Harris is going to be good with this hamstring injury. It was like more like you know get him out of the oh. game. So I'm gonna let's go Damian here. He's nice. We, he is. Oh, he's 7,400. But... Nah, but he's 108 away from 1,000. Oh. On a season. So I like that. I like that. I like it stacked with the Patriots. D, revenge game for him. He fumbled the win last time ah. in, the, in the last, in the, in the week one. So yeah, let's go Damian Harris here. That gives us 6,750 for a wide receiver and a flex. Plenty of money. So I'm going to go with, um, yeah, let's go for old time's sake. The last time we'll get uh, Wilson. Lock it and stack. Yeah, I go. love it. Why not? I mean, if Wilson's really going to pay off this salary, he's probably yeah. going to need both anyway. So. Exactly. So I, I do like this. All right. So that's 6,600 
for a flex. See the options. Jarrett Patterson. Well, Gibson's probably going to be back. Chase Edmonds. Connor might be back. Pittman, 66. I don't want to pay the full. Anyway, so let's go. Uh, Beckham. Stevenson. Don't want him. Uh, <laughs> Saquon Barkley. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh, the mighty have fall. He had a good game last week, of course. He doubled up his prop pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out of um, nowhere. Hmm. Well, the Giants ran it 39 times or something when they lost by 30. They might again because they have no Glennon now. Is that the plan? Just help the other team run out the clock? I mean, they have I no have, Glennon. Yes, they might. Can I have um, dibs on the Giants under this week? For got to get, get it in the outline, man. Yeah. I can't promise that's, anything. That's my bad. <laughs> um, hmm. Let's see. Yeah, well, let's go with. Let's go with Saquon. He got a 21 for 102 last week. You know, he's probably still no one's going to trust him. Last game of the season. It would only be right for Saquon to have his biggest game when the fantasy season is over. So that's, yeah, that's, that's on brand. Let's, we got to go with Saquon. Well, that, I mean, 6,400, that's, you know, that's a decent. Isn't that like two years price. in a row now? He's been a bust, but he has done well in week 17 or yeah. week 16 and then week 17. Yep. Like he's come through the fantasy championships, I think, both uh, the past two seasons. Yep. So yeah, let's go Saquon here. A bust. Love it. All right. So this uh, we got Russ at seventy five hundred stacked with Metcalf at seventy two hundred and Lockett at sixty nine hundred. That's a great price for a stack, by the way. Yeah. Uh, with Christian Kirk at sixty two hundred. Wait, why is he so cheap? I didn't hear. That's geez. what I've been saying. Yeah, I've been saying that, man. Yeah. No, I, I didn't realize he was. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, sixty two hundred. Perfect game stack though. Like send it back with Christian Kirk. Like yeah, couldn't be more perfect than that. Uh, and then we got uh, Singletary, 6,700 at running back. Harris at 7,400, stacked with the Patriots defense at 4,600. And we also got Saquon in the flex at 6,400 uh, and Kittle at tight end at 6,900. So uh, Wilson, Singletary, Harris, Kirk Metcalf, Lockett, Kittle, Barkley, Patriots. I like it. Yeah, I love the upside. The roster ship for some of these guys is probably going to be way too low as well. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for our lineup building segment. That's going to do it for the week 18 main slate of Fantasy Flex Pod presented by Prize Picks. A reminder to please check uh, our Fantasy Labs models at fantasylabs.com. Check our projections at actionnetwork.com because uh, there'll be a lot of updating going on between now and then. Um, but, you know, obviously, hope listening still gave you guys some. Uh, ideas in terms of where the value's at, how to construct your, your lineups and whatnot. Uh, but you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. We will be back with our props episode and a preview of the Sunday night showdown slate between the Raiders and the Chargers uh, for our Friday episode. Uh, so check that and be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify if you enjoy the pot. All right. Until next time, let's get this money. <laughs>